Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. Reading a story about uh, two boys that were talking, you know, um, <clears throat> bragging about their dads, like like boys sometimes do, um, and they lived sort of in a, in a rural area. And, and the one boy said, "Our farm, my dad's farm, is so big that when that it, it, it takes us." The whole day from 5.30 in the morning, when we get in the bucky at 5.30 in the morning, it takes us the whole day uh, to drive across the farm and reach the other side of, of the farm. Another boy said, yes, my dad also used to have a useless slow bucky like that. <laughs> and then he got a new one. <laughs> so uh, there's my dad joke. Box, box ticked. <laughs> okay. I, um, happy Father's Day to all the fathers. I, I had a friend, uh, or have a friend, American friend called Gabe. And, and he once said something. I've mentioned this before. Um, we, we, we lived in Stellenbosch while we were there. And, and he said that he realized that the one role in his life that no one else can fulfill is the role that he plays in his daughter's life, his fathering role. Um, his daughter has one father, and, I mean, other people can sort of compensate if he's not there or try and compensate when he's not there, but, but she only has one father. You know, if he, if he dies, his wife can marry again. <laughs> but his daughter only has one father. And, um, you know, as parents, it's important for us to realize, you know, how, how important that, that role is. Um, you know, being a father is, is wonderful um, and difficult at the same time. Fathering children is, is, is really a, a wonderful experience. But, but as modern fathers, we often feel ill-equipped to do it. And I think modern children also are often ill-equipped to be fathered. Uh, and in, in general, our culture just doesn't take family as seriously as previous generations did. If you think about 50, 100, 1,000 years ago, how important family was, how central, how crucial family was, um, and how nowadays it's not as important, and even a lot is being done through popular culture and media to break down family and to redefine family. And the problem is, of course, if you redefine something, you, um, you know, if you've got the right definition and then you redefine it, then you actually break it. I mean, we see this happening all the time. Um, for instance, um, how does the devil destroy love, you know, romantic love between people? By redefining it. If you can get young people to believe that lust is love, then he has broken those love relationships. How does he destroy the church? By redefining it, you know, by saying, okay, no, to me, you know, church is not... You know, what it is in the Bible, you know, meeting in the temple and from house to house. You know, to me, church is just, you know, me and my buddies in our house. Or, you know, church is just, whenever you, you redefine something, when you say, okay, I'm going to make it something that it is not, you actually break it. Um, and, and, and the same goes for family. And we should recognize that the devil is working hard to try and redefine family. You'll often hear the idea of modern family. Uh, and, and, and it's just the devil's working hard to redefine family because he knows if he can redefine it, he can break it. 
can destroy it. Um, so, you know, fathers, um, in, in the past, it's interesting, I, I think, for, you know, a couple of generations before us, um, a father's parenting role was not considered as important. You know, mothers are the primary caregivers and, and, you know, there was a generation that saw, you know, fathers are just there, you know, to provide and so on. But, but I think we're well past that and, and, and we realize that um, a father's parenting role is very significant, very meaningful and complementary to a mother's role uh, in, in, in children's lives and that fathers and mothers uh, work together best to, to parent children well. And we're going to look at that. I just want to read you a, uh, <clears throat> a short scripture in Malachi chapter 1. If you can just throw it up on the screen. Um, Malachi chapter 1 verse 6. Uh, this is from the NIV. It says, A son honors his father and a slave his master. If I am a father, where is the honor due me? If I am a master, where is the respect due me? Says the Lord Almighty. It is you priests who show contempt for my name. But you ask, how have we shown contempt? For your name. Now, firstly, like Mama Joyce was saying, fathers are important. And um, in Deuteronomy 5 or 16, it talks about uh, parenting. It, it mentions fathers and mothers. I'm just going to focus on the fathering side. Uh, you know, on, on Mother's Day, we, we shared about mothers and mothering and how important, uh, how crucial that is in, in children's lives. Um, so I feel free to focus on, on fathers this morning. Honor, honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live long and that it may, be, may go well with you in the land the Lord your God has given you. And this verse um, impri- implies that having the right relationship with your father and your mother has benefits, not, <laughs> you know, uh, that, 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 that go beyond just um, survival. You know, it's not that you'll just have a, a long life, but it says that it may be well with you. In other words, if you have the right relationship with your parents, and, and specifically for what we're focusing on this morning, if you have the right relationship with your father, it will go well with you. In other words, there are certain rewards that you can receive from a father if you have a right relationship with him. Uh, one of the websites I, um, I looked at called them dad vantages. There are certain dad vantages. <laughs> okay? and, and the amazing thing is this has been studied. Okay? Now, 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 all of these dad vantages don't in any way diminish the benefits of having a mother. You know, there, there are definite benefits that, that mothers also bring. Um, but, but even science, social science, as they've done surveys and done studies, some of them stretching over decades where they've, where they've um, you know, studied families and children and the relationship that they have with their father and then how they grew up into adulthood and how they, um, you know, what happened to them in adulthood. And, and they, they found very clearly that in general, you know, when children are fathered well, when they have a good father who's actively involved and who loves them, you know, there are all kinds of benefits. This is just a few of them, you know. Children like that are less likely to become delinquent or be, to become criminals. I mean, Mama Joyce was, 
was mentioning this, it's, it's, it's well known that the majority, over 80% of children in juvenile uh, you know, facilities come from a home where there is either no father, an abusive father, or a passive father. And th- there's an important role as judge and lawgiver and give, that, that, that imparts, that fa- where fathers impart to their children a kind of a moral compass. And it also has to do, of course, with the discipline that, 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 that fathers give or are supposed to give. Um, you know, good fathering uh, makes children less likely to become sexually promiscuous. Um, they, they found overwhelmingly that, for instance, daughters who have actively involved fathers who really love them um, are much less likely to, to you know, have t- teenage pregnancies and, and, and all of that kind of stuff. They, they become sexually active um, later in life. Um, and are much more likely to wait for marriage to, to become sexually active. Uh, they're more likely to succeed at school. Okay. I, I'm not sure why this is, because I think in general, um, girls do better than boys at school, so I'm not sure why fathers you know, <laughs> have, have this influence. Um, but, but in general, they are more likely to do, to do well at school. Um, they're more likely to succeed at work. There's a, there's a resilience and a competitiveness uh, and an ability to compete that, that fathers uh, bring into, into their children's lives. Uh, they're more likely to succeed in relationships, fr- both friendships and marriage relationships. Um, they're more likely to have a, a better mental health and self-esteem, etc., etc. All kinds of benefits that, that active fathering brings into the lives of children. And, and these are all the advantages <laughs> that fathers have. And, 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 and yet I just want to encourage us as fathers to realize, I mean, what, there was one guy who said, just, just actually showing up with your children is, is half the battle. Um, and, and we often underestimate the influence we have in our, in our children's lives. Um, and we should be encouraged when we see that even when the Bible says that it may be well with you, honor your father and your mother that it may be well with you, we should be encouraged that, if, that, that it... It's so obvious, this influence, that even secular society can empirically verify that reality. Um, There's a guy called Dr. Pruitt um, who says positive father care is associated with more uh, pro-social and positive moral behavior in boys and girls. Uh, A University of Pennsylvania study indicates that children who have a good relationship with their father uh, are twice as likely to enter college, 75% less likely to have children in their teen years, 80% less likely to uh, be incarcerated, and half as likely to show various signs of depression. Um, And let me also just mention, just to to, to bring the balance here, um, all these studies also show that children benefit from the differences between their fathers and their mothers, observing and experiencing those differences, and the, the interaction between moms and dad who are different from each other. You know, for instance, you know, children benefit from the different way their mothers and their fathers play with them. Mothers would play gently and you know, kindly and softly, and fathers would play rough. Okay? 
And, 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 and according to the research, there are benefits to that. And I, I feel very vindicated by this. Because my mom, my, my, my wife, and, and her mom constantly tell me, don't be so rough with the kids. No, I'm, I'm being a good father. According to the research, it's good for them when I play rough with them. It actually helps them. There are lots of benefits that, 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 according to the research, children derive from that. So I feel very vindicated by this. Any other fathers who feel vindicated? <laughs> Amen. Thank you. <laughs> You know, the different ways that, that uh, mom and dad play, the different ways that mom and dad care. This is another one that I like. They, <laughs> they say in terms of care, they, I mean, there are lots of differences in terms of care, um, but mothers tend to care much more quickly. You know, when a child cries, the mom would much more quickly respond. Dads are uh, apparently slower to respond. <laughs> apparently, according to the research. Okay. Um, but they say... That, that, it's, that apparently it's sometimes good, you know, and children become more independent and more resilient because of their dad's care, which is a little bit slower than their mother's. That's what the research says. Don't fight with me. <laughs> and also just uh, disciplining. The different ways mothers and fathers discipline. I mean, M- Mama Joyce was, was mentioning it. You know, um, mothers tend to be a bit more persistent, but more gentle in their discipline. Fathers tend to discipline slightly less, but, but be more authoritative. We say in Afrikaans, I mark says, temdak. say, hey. <laughs> and, and, and apparently children need that. They need both. But they need the father. So, so, so moms, when, when, when your, your husband is disciplining your children, don't stop them. And don't expect them, don't try and force them to discipline the way that you would discipline. Because your children need both. They need the, the more gentle discipline, but they also need the more authoritative, um, slightly harsher discipline. Um, children who don't have that, who, who cannot um, learn to handle the slightly more authoritative, slightly harsher discipline, struggle in life because life is harsh. And, and, and they need that. Um, to develop as children. Obviously, uh, it goes without saying that whether you're, you know, it's a mother or father disciplining, the discipline should be always lo- be loving. It should always be loving and have the best interest of the child at heart. That goes without saying. Um, <clears throat> but I thought it was very interesting to see how children need both care from both parents that, that, that is different, play with both parents that is different, discipline from both parents that is, that is different. Um, so God, um, God in this scripture in Deuteronomy 5 or 16, he says, you know, honor that, that you know, fathers, um, he commands us to honor fathers. And in other words, that is what's due to, to fathers. And here's the interesting thing. And I, and I want you to think about this. And I'm going to share one or two more scriptures that sort of hopefully bring that out more. The honor or respect that God commands towards fathers is not just for the benefit of fathers. It is. If you respect your father, if you honor your father, you'll be a better father. But it's also for the benefit of children. Because if you can honor and respect your father, you can receive his fathering better. I think that's one of the main reasons why... um, 
we have a generation of young people who don't feel fathered. Um, on the one hand, yes, it is because there are often fathers who are absent, but it's also because in our culture, there's an inability to receive fathering by honoring fathers. I mean, we, we all know this, you know. You, you, you walk into church um, and, you know, there's the worship, you know, people share words, preaching, ministry, fellowship, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, one person walks out and says, wow, you know, that was amazing. I really experienced God's presence. The other one is like, really? I thought it was so dry. I didn't experience anything of God's presence. How can two different people in the same service, one ex- really experience God's presence and the other one not? It, it just shows you that our ability to receive is not just dependent on what is given. It's not just dependent on the giving. Giving and receiving is a two-way thing. There are always two parties involved. God can be present, and yet we can fail to experience His presence, even though He really is present. Uh, and likewise, a father can father, and we can, ex- we can fail to receive that fathering. So Matthew uh, 10, verse 41, um, Jesus is talking about a whole lot of different things around discipleship. But in this verse, he sort of mentions a general principle um, that, that relates to, to that context. Um, and he says, whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And um, I, some of you might know the, the Old King James Version, whoever receives a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And the word received is, is used there twice. But it's interesting that two different words are used for receive. Um, and that's why I think the, the NIV translation here is, is a good translation because it, it doesn't say whoever receives um, because it's a different word from uh, a prophet's reward, uh, will, will receive a prophet's reward. It translates it to whoever welcomes. The word there is dechamai. And it, it actually uses it in, you know, there's a participle form. It, it, it says literally and i'm going to i'm not going to explain all the detail about it but i'm going to translate it as literally as i can from the greek the word is menos, and it, it means whoever continuously welcomes unto himself there's, there's a lot going on in the greek that is very difficult to translate into english but it but it literally means whoever and it's continuous it's not once off Whoever continuously welcomes and then unto themselves or for themselves a prophet, as a prophet, receives a prophet's reward. Okay? Um, and will, will receive for themselves a prophet's reward. Now, the principle there applied to fathers is whoever continuously welcomes unto or for themselves a father as a father will receive a father's reward. How do you welcome unto yourself? How do you continuously welcome unto yourself a father as a father? By honoring and respecting him. Then you'll receive a father's reward. Um, and father, a father's reward are those advantages that I, that I spoke about. Those are father's reward. And we must welcome fathers as fathers 
by honoring and respecting them in order to receive the dad advantages that come with dads. So how do you welcome your father as a father? It tells us, by honoring and respecting. By honoring and respecting. Now, I just want to mention, I'm going to go into it a bit deeper. That is not just true for earthly fathers. That is, of course, true for our heavenly father as well. I think most earthly fathers would say, I have much more blessing to give than my, my children receive. You know, say, say your children have grown up, you know. Most earthly fathers would say, you know, I, I've actually more, more to give. My children didn't receive everything I had to give. Now, if that is true for earthly fathers who are limited in their ability to give, how much more is it true of a heavenly father who is unlimited in his ability to give? How much of the advantages of having God as our father do we actually receive? How much of them do we miss because we don't honor and respect him as we ought? So um, Malachi, just to go back to, to Malachi 1 verse 6, it says, A son honors his father and a slave his master. If I am a father, where is the honor due me? If I am a master, where is the respect due me, says the Lord Almighty? And um, then he goes on to say, you know, you, you priests have shown contempt for me. And then they ask, how have we shown contempt for you? And, and, and obviously contempt is the opposite of honor and respect. Um, some other translations would um, translate it, you have despised me. And, and the interesting thing is, um, just before this portion of Scripture, um, Malachi talks about Jacob and Esau. And this very same word for despised or contempt is used when it says Esau sold his birthright to Jacob for a bowl of soup. And it says in this way he despised his birthright. In this way he had contempt for his birthright. He devalued it. He didn't respect it. He didn't appreciate it as he ought. Um, and that is what God is calling us to do to him as a father and to to um, earthly fathers who represent him. Um, you receive best from your father when you honor and respect him because it puts you in the posture, in the position, and your heart in the, in the condition where it's possible to receive. You see, one of the biggest things that, that benefits, the advantages that fathers bring um, all of us need someone that we respect and look up to to affirm us. And if you don't respect and look up to your father, you nullify that and he cannot give that to you as powerfully as he could have if you respected um, and looked up to him. And, 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 you know, as a pastor, I've seen this, this often. There, there are certain people when I minister to them, I just feel more anointed when I pray for them. I just feel more wise when I counsel them. I just feel, you know, more able to, to give and to bless them. And, and it has to do with their attitude towards me, their posture towards me. When they come with teachability and respect, it's just like, you know, I start ministering and I'm like, whoa, you know, where did that come from, you know? 
I must remember that. I must write it down. You know, it's, it's as though they draw the blessing, the wisdom, the anointing out of you. I, I think all of us, to some extent, when we've ministered to people, have experienced this. Someone who is receptive, it's as though the Holy Spirit says, this person, because they're so teachable, because they're so receptive, because they're so respectful, I'm going to use this vessel, imperfect as it is, to bless them. And it's as though they draw the blessing, the benefit out of you. And I've experienced it so many times, you know. Even when I, when I myself am not feeling particularly anointed or, or blessed, you know, when, when certain people, when they come, and when they come in a certain way, it's as God, though God just honors it. And it just uses me, even when I feel empty, to bless. And, and it's like that for fathers. When, when, when you come, say, as a wife to your husband or as a child to your father, and you come with honor and respect, it's as though because you're in the right, you, you have the right posture, you have the right attitude, you have the right heart condition, you, you're so much more able to receive. And your father is so much more able to give. So, um, you know, I really think that this is a key, you know, to, 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 to fathering. You know, the honor and respect due to, to, to a father is the way to welcome a father as a father and thereby receive a father's reward, to receive the advantages. Now, some of you might say, but, you know, I didn't even have a father. Or, you know, even worse, I had a terrible father. You know, how, how can you respect a father who's, who's, who's not a good father? Um, well, all of us have a father. All of us have fathers, you know, whether they're present or, or absent. Um, every human being has a, has a father. And um, some fathers are really good. Some are average. Some are, are really terrible fathers. That is, that is true. Uh, just a, 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 a trick that I learned in terms of... We don't only have fathers, because we, but we also have other people, bosses or teachers or whatever who are in authority over us and some of them are good bosses and some of them are terrible bosses okay so how do you deal with the fact that some of the people who are in authority over you don't always act in a way that's respectable okay because that that's a problem all of us have to deal with in many areas of life not just in in the family and in terms of um you know fathers and and the the, the tip i have is is this there are three levels of respect Okay? The first level is you respect the person. This is a general level of respect that you give to everyone, no matter who they are, you know, or how well they perform, just because they're a person, because they're a human being created in the image of God. So respect the person. The second level is respecting the position. Okay? So even if your boss is not a great boss, you know, respect them because they're your boss. Even if your father is not the best father, respect him because they're your father. They, they occupy a certain position. And then the third level, so, so respect the person, respect the position, and then thirdly, respect the performance. You know, there's, there's an extra level of respect that we can give to someone because their performance is well. Their performance is good because they're really good at what they do. Because they're a good father or a good boss, or whatever it may be. The problem is we only think about the third one. We only give respect based on performance. Our culture has lost the ability, to a large extent, to respect the person and to respect the position. 
We've forgotten that. And that's why there's so much disrespect. Just go, go you, know, on, 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 you know, into the world and, and look, look. Look at the news. Look at social media. Look at all the disrespect that there is. It's because we don't understand this. That it's, you mustn't just respect someone's performance. You must also respect their person and their, their position. And what I think you'll find is if you, with, with fathers and with employers and, and you know, other authority positions, um, if, you respect the, them, uh, if you respect the person and you respect the position, I think in general their performance will improve. Their performance will improve. They'll end up trying to live up to the respect that you show to them. Um, so, contempt and disrespect diminishes your father's ability to give and it diminishes your ability to receive. <clears throat> Many people, um, you know, that, that I've seen... Um, Let me put it this way. As wives and as children, we often underestimate our ability to bring the best out of fathers. I just want to say this, and I'm saying this to myself as well, because I'm also a child. As children and as wives, we have the ability, we have inside of us what it takes to draw out the best in fathers, to bring out the best in fathers. It, it, it's, it's almost a, a superpower. You know, femininity brings out the best in men. Women don't listen to the world that's, that tells you you must become more like a man. You're selling yourself short if you become more like a man. If God wanted you to be a man, He would have made you a man. There's a power in femininity and part of that power is not this just the superpower to be able to mother but also the superpower to be able to bring out the best in men there's, there's a it's, it's it's a power but it's not a, a a masculine power it's not the hard power it's a soft power it's a gentle power it's a subtle power but it is a power and the same with children there's a the children who who, who respect their, their parents, especially respect, respect their fathers, um, and, and are childlike and dependent, the, the, it, 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 it draws fathering out of those fathers, out of those men. So, so I want to encourage you, children and wives, you, you have what it takes to draw out the best in the fathers in your lives. Um, in... Malachi 1 verse 6, uh, these verses actually set, uh, you know, ask a set of rhetorical questions based on not only accepted social standards, if I'm a father, where's the honor due to me, but also commanded social standards. God commands, honor your father and your mother. Um, to convict the priests of, of, of their wrong way of relating to God. And, and it's, it's, it's an argument, what I want you to see is, it's an argument from the lesser to the greater. If earthly fathers who are lesser deserve this honor, how much more does our heavenly father deserve that honor? If earthly masters deserve that respect, how much more our heavenly master? Um, and here I want to 
continued on us as fathers and say, often as fathers, we struggle to father because we have not been fathered. Or not been adequately fathered. And we need, hear me now, fathers, if if there's one thing I want you to remember from this message is, fathers need to be fathered. Fathers need to be fathered. If you are a father, you need to be fathered. You need God as your father. You need God to to do for you what you need to do for your children. Let me take it a step further. Fathers, your children need you to be fathered. Because if you are fathered by God, you will be a better father to your children. The better you receive God's fathering, the better you're going to be able to give that same kind of fathering to your children. And therefore, it's important that we as fathers honor and respect our heavenly father in order to maximally uh, receive, optimally receive that fathering from him so that we can then give it to the children that God has entrusted to us. And I just want you to to notice here, you know, how, how powerful this really is. I mean, these words of, you know, father and all that kind of stuff and, and the image of God as father, it's, it's, it's so, it's so, we're so used to it that we miss the power of it. It, it wasn't common in those days in the Old Testament for any gods to be referred to as fathers. They were, they were referred to as kings and shepherds. Those were the kinds of metaphors that were used for, for gods. But here, even though God is a king, even though he is the good shepherd, he says he relates to us. Even though he's our king and our master and our shepherd, he relates to us as our father. In other words, the kind of relationship that he draws us into is much more intimate, much closer. It's It's not distance, it's close, it's intimate, it's in your face. It's... It's more touchy-feely. It's more, it's more direct. It's more consistent. It's more, you're in my space. It's more, you're in my household. Where a king doesn't share your home, a father does. You share his home. That is the intimacy of the relationship that God draws us into. And he's, but he says, you know, familiarity there's a there's a there's an old saying familiarity breeds contempt and children i think it was that's that's the saying most people leave out the last part i think that's what winston churchill said he said familiarity breeds contempt and children um but the reality is the closer we get to each other and the more we get to know each other and each other's weaknesses and failings the easier it is to despise each other and have contempt for each other. So within a household, amongst husbands, wives, and children, the easiest thing in the world is to start having contempt for each other because we become so familiar with each other, to start despising each other and no longer respecting each other. Um, and because God gives us that same kind of intimate, familiar even, relationship, it's easy for us to start having contempt for God, just like the priests in those days 
developed a contempt for God because they were so used to the things of God and the house of God and all that kind of stuff. God gives us such intimacy with himself as his children, he being our father. But we must guard against despising God, developing contempt for him because we're so intimate with him. And we should do it partly by recognizing how much it cost God to become our father. We know more than Malachi does because we can look backwards in history and see how much it cost God to become our father. We can see that God the Father sacrificed what is most precious to a father in order to become our father. He sacrificed his son, Jesus, so that we can have the same relationship with the father that Jesus has. So, the right attitude or posture towards God is honor and respect. In fact, the Hebrew word there when it says, where is the respect due to me, um, is actually literally the word fear. It's talking about the fear of God. Not fear that drives you away. We, we sometimes have problem with the fear of God because we fear is something that drives you away. But, but this is a positive kind of fear. Uh, 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 the translation respect is actually a good translation. Respect or reverence or awe. The fear of God is a radical reverent responsiveness to God that leads to wisdom and great good that it may be well with you and um, ultimately if you want the full advantages you'll have to receive them from God because even the best earthly father can only imperfectly point you to the perfect heavenly father so whether you had a great father that pointed you well towards God, or whether you had a, a really terrible father who didn't point you to God at all, that father, no matter how good or how bad they are, they'll never be able to give you the full advantages. Only God can give you that. Anyone want some advantages? <laughs> then learn to respect God and to approach Him with respect. Learn to spend time with Him in a respectful relationship. So, to two things firstly for for mothers and and children what do you need to I want to ask you what do you need to stop doing and what do you need to start doing in order to honor and respect the father in your life better think of something don't don't just listen to the question and say mm, good question <laughs> think of it what do you need to stop doing and what do you need to start doing because if you want the advantages of the father in your life then this is what you need to do so think about that maybe make a note of it start praying about it and start asking the holy spirit to help you uh, implement this and then fathers remember i said the people in your life need you to be fathered your children need you to be fathered well. You need to regularly spend time with God the Father in that kind of respectful relationship where you receive the advantages from Him that you can then pass on to your children, to your family. You need that. I need that. We all need that. How can you make sure that your relationship with God the Father is such 
that you receive more the advantages that you can then pass on. Let's stand. Let me end off with, with this, and I want you to, I want you to think about this. If if God, the Father, was willing to sacrifice the life of His precious Son in order to pass on the full advantages to you, how serious do you think God is about blessing you, about giving you those advantages? about giving you a father's reward. How serious do you think God is? Can you doubt that he is super serious about you receiving a father's reward from him? Can you doubt that after he gave his son, after he paid that price? God wants you to receive a father's reward God wants you to receive all the advantages He has for you, more than you want to receive them. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.